Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're gonna hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus as your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, what is going on, Emmanuel? We are so glad that you're watching us online, whether that be in your kitchen, your living room, or your bedroom. My name is Aaron Beasley, and I am the Emmanuel Church Banta Campus Pastor. And I wish I could see your face, but you're probably seeing my face, and I hope that the shine is not too bright. But anyways, we are super excited because we are bringing a brand new series to you called A Call for Help. And many of us have probably called for help in some way, shape, or form. Maybe we've called for some neighbors or some workers to come over and work on a construction project at our house. Maybe we've called our grandparents or parents to help out with the kids. Maybe if we're a student, we've called somebody to help with our homework. Or maybe we've even called some emergency services. We've all called for help. And maybe even right now, we're calling for help with our prayers to our God because of this COVID situation, this quarantine situation. But in this series, we are going to talk about prayer. But the reason we want to do this series is because prayer is so much more than just a call for help. Prayer is at the heart of a growing relationship with God. Like if we are going to grow our relationship, if we're going to live this life of abundance, you know, love, joy, peace, patience in the midst of anything going on in our lives, prayer is at the heart of it. Prayer is super important. And so today, if you're like, you know, I pray when I want, or, you know, I stopped praying, or wherever you're at with your prayer journey, what we want you to know is we're doing this series because prayer is at the heart of a growing relationship with God. And as a church, we want to see people come to Christ and grow in Christ. We want that abundant life for all of us, no matter what is going on around us. And prayer is also the main way that we connect and communicate with God. It is how we communicate and connect with our God. That's it. Prayer is the way we do that. And the best example that I could come up with on the way that we do this is with my wife. Her name is Layla. Here she is. This is a picture of us uh, pre-quarantine life because I've been eating some cookies and milk a little too much, gained a few LBs. Uh, hopefully I'll be working out on that. But anyways, Right here, here's me, here's my wife, Layla, and we are married, we have a marriage certificate, we've got rings, we have two kids, we also have cars, we share finances, all of these things work together, but yet, even though we have all those things, if you came over to my house and saw that we weren't communicating and we weren't connecting, then you would probably say that their relationship isn't that good, that it's kind of dull it's kind of stale, that there's not an abundance going on with that relationship because we're not communicating and connecting. We could have all those things checked off, kids, marriage certificate, rings, finances, all those things, but our relationship isn't the way it needs to be. And the same is true for all of us, whether that be with a relationship with a parent, maybe it's with a brother or sister, a family member, a friend. If we're not communicating and connecting with them, the relationship is probably not that good. 
And so the same could probably be said about our relationship with God. Like you show me your prayer life and I could probably see where your relationship with God is because that's the way we communicate and connect with God. It's the way that it happens. That's how God's created us. And so you show me your prayer life and I'll be able to see where where your relationship is with God. And so that's why we're doing this series. The Bible is filled with prayers. It's filled with encouragement. It's filled with answered prayers. And so God is trying to teach us that prayer is so important so that we can grow in our relationship with him. That's why Martin Luther, a famous, uh, a famous Christian in the 1500s, said this. He said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. If you're breathing, then you're alive. And if you're a follower of Jesus, then we should be praying. And that is why prayer is so important and why we would do a series on it so that our relationship would be filled with abundance, that we would continue to grow in our relationship with God. But if that's true, why do so many of us struggle with prayer then? Why do so many of us struggle to pray, including myself? I struggle to pray. Why is that? And I think there's a couple reasons. The first one is, is we don't know how. Like maybe we've just become a Christian and we just don't know how to pray to God. Or number two, we've tried and we failed. Like we've prayed and we didn't get the answer that we want. Or we thought that we didn't pray the right way and so we just stopped praying. Or that also leads to the third one, which is disappointment. Like we've prayed and we didn't like the answer that we got. Or we haven't been answered yet. And so there's disappointment and we just struggle to pray. Or it could be the fourth one, which is we feel unworthy. Like, we can't come to God. Do you know the things I've done in my life? I'm unworthy to pray to God, and so I just struggle to pray. Or there could be the fifth one, which is we lack faith. Like, we don't believe God is who he says he is, and we just don't believe that he's gonna answer, and so we just struggle to pray, or we don't at all. Or it could be the sixth, we think that it's selfish, right? We believe that if we pray to God and ask for things, it's selfish, and so we don't. Or the last one, and I think this is kind of the biggest one, is that many of us are distracted today. We get distracted and so we just struggle to pray. It could be Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, video games, our kids, the situation that's going on right now. And so we just don't pray. But if we struggle to pray, then we won't have that growing relationship that we should have with God, that healthy, growing relationship. Because prayer is the way we communicate and connect with God. It's the way we connect and communicate. It's the same with a relationship. And so it's important today that we ask this question, how can I overcome the struggles of a limited prayer life? Because we, here at Emmanuel, we want all of us to be growing in our relationship with God. We want it to be filled with abundance in the next life and in this life. And so that gets accomplished through prayer. And so we are so thankful for a guy named Pete Gregg. He's a pastor in London and he wrote a book called How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. And so this is just for all of us. We're normal people. Well, I think some of us are, are kind of weird, including myself, but we're, we're normal, right? Like, and so we need to learn how to pray. And so Pete Gregg has written this book and many of the things that we're gonna go over in this series come for this book, including these three, uh, three ways that I'm about to give you how we can overcome the struggles of limited prayer. And so you wanna pick this book up. We may even have a competition as a church on how to get this book. You wanna check out that, but... 
Pete Gregg, we're so thankful, a pastor in London who wanted to help people on their prayer journey for writing this book. And so I'm just going to dive right into the first one on how we can overcome the struggles of a limited prayer life. And the first one is to keep it simple. We've got to keep it simple. We don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have a theology degree. You don't have to say all these long elaborate prayers. You just need to talk to God. If you want to turn to Luke chapter 18, that is where we're going to be at as we go through these three ways so that we can overcome the struggles of limited prayer. Uh, Luke chapter 18, pull up your Bible app, pull it on your computer, pull your Bible app. We're going we're gonna to be uh, right there. And the first story that comes up in Luke, Luke tells a time of Jesus walking through a city and he's been healing people. He's been doing amazing things. And all of a sudden there's a blind beggar who hears this commotion going on and knows that Jesus is there and has heard the stories of Jesus. So he starts shouting, Jesus, son of man, come over here. And people are like, be quiet be quiet, stop talking. And he's like, no, Jesus, Jesus, come, come over here. And finally, Jesus comes over to the blind beggar. Even after people have told him to be quiet, Jesus comes over and he says this in Luke 18, 41. What do you want me to do for you? The Lord said, and here's what the blind beggar said. I want to see. I don't know about you, but that's as simple as he can make it. I'm blind and I want to see. That's what God wants from us. What's going on in your life? He wants it to be like a phone conversation that you would have with a friend or a conversation you would have with your wife or your spouse or your husband or your father or your daughter or whoever it is. He wants it to be a simple conversation. It doesn't have to be elaborate. Just talk to him like you would if you were FaceTiming or you had a phone call. Just call him. The blind beggar said, I wanna see. I want to see. You know, the disciples were trying to learn how to pray as well. They wanted to know how to pray because they understood that at the heart of a growing relationship with God is prayer. So they said, God, teach us how to do this. Jesus, teach us how to do this. And so this is what Jesus said in Matthew 6. Say this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and do not yield us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. I don't know about you, but that's not many English words right there. Also, in the original language, Aramaic, it's only 31 words. It's even less than this. See, Jesus didn't write a huge book to the disciples. He didn't write this like, you know, a hundred page novel that you have to write or read to pray. He, he, he gave a super simple way to pray so that we would come to him and that we would grow our relationship with him. Everything can be right here, 31 words. In the English language, I'm not sure. You can count if you want, but it's not very many. We just have to keep it simple. You know, Al McGuire, a famous college basketball coach, says this. He says, keep it simple. When you get too complex, you forget the obvious. See, when we make things complicated, we start to struggle to pray. And God's like, you don't have to pray that way. Just keep it simple. Talk to me. I promise you, if you, you do, do, you'll see how God moves in your heart and in your life. Well, then that leads us to point number two, which is we've got to keep it real. We got to keep it simple, then we got to keep it real. And what do I mean by this is we just got to stop being fake. 
Like God knows our hearts. He knows where we're at. If we're angry with him, we have to talk to him. If there's doubts and we don't even know if he exists, God wants us to come to that. If we're crying out for healing, God wants us to cry, come to him. If we're thankful, he wants us to dance for joy. He just wants us to be real. How do I know this? Well, on March 30th, a light was born in this dark little world that we're living in right now. And her name was Sophia. That's my daughter right there. She was born on March 30th. But, you know, everything was going pretty well. We got released from the hospital, you know, within a day uh, because of the COVID situation. You know, if everything's going well, they release you within a day. And so we were home and she was feeding well, sleeping well. She was pooping and peeing well. You know, all things babies do. Everything was going well. But then all of a sudden, one night she fed and then my wife went to the back room and she was in her pack and play. And I heard this sound. It was kind of weird, like she was hiccuping and burping. And so I thought, oh, she's gonna spit up. And so I picked her up and put her to the side of my head so that she could, you know, kind of spit up, right? And then she did. She spit up all over me on the floor, all over the place. It was a lot of spit up. But what I could tell is that something was wrong. Like all of a sudden she started kind of making this gasping noise and she... Like she, like she couldn't breathe. And so then all of a sudden I went into panic mode. I, I turned her over and I started smacking because I realized that she had aspirated herself. She had hiccuped or burped up some of her spit up. And so she couldn't breathe. And so I'm smacking her back, but the stuff's not coming out. And then all of a sudden I could tell she was gasping for air and couldn't cry. And her eyes started to roll in the back of her head and tears were starting to form at her tear ducts. And I was, I was freaking out, I couldn't get it out. So I gave it to my wife, I gave her to my wife. And then I called 911 and I said, we need your help. And so a sheriff showed up first and he was punching her to try to get the stuff out. Well, he was hitting her harder than I was. And he was punching her and a little bit came out, but she still, she cried a little bit, but she still couldn't breathe. She was turning a different color. And so the ambulance came and finally they took her and they took her away. And I didn't even know she was breathing, but my wife went. And so I got in the car with my uncle and we drove to the hospital. And also this was on the night that those bad storms were coming in. The tornado was, was coming in. And so this was all happening at the same time. And I was just praying. And then I called two people. And they both told me that when I called them, because I asked them, that I was more distraught than I'd ever been in my entire life, that I, they could tell that there was no control going on in my life and, and that I was just, I just needed help. And so I did the one thing I asked them to do. There's nothing else that they could do, but just pray. And so I asked them to pray. And then I got to the hospital and, you know, I couldn't go in the back because I wasn't allowed to because only one person's allowed to be in the back during this, during this COVID situation. But a tornado was coming in. And so they let us come in because they didn't want us to be outside. And they put us down this tunnel. And there was a guy flashing everybody in the emergency room. It was like a Grey's Anatomy episode, I promise. It was like that. And I thought, what is going to happen? And in my head, I was praying to God. And I said, God, I'm going to be so mad. If my daughter passes away, I'm going to be so mad at you. And then I just remember thinking in my head, please, God, let there be no permanent damage and please let her breathe, please. I even remember that I was thinking in my head, God, give me the strength if she passes away because I won't have it. I won't have the strength. I need you 
please. And I remember I had to go home because I wasn't allowed to be at the hospital anymore. And I got on my knees and I just remember praying, God, please, please heal my daughter. Please let everything be all right. Please. There's nothing I can do. And then I was just real. I was just real with God. I was going to be mad. I was angry. I was scared. I had no answers. And I was just real with them. And the same thing is with you. Do you know God doesn't turn away when you're angry at him? God still embraces you when you doubt that he exists. That God still hears your cries and your tears even when you think he's ignoring you. That when you're joyful and you're dancing, God is joyful and dancing with you. But he just wants you to keep it real. That is why in Luke chapter 18, you know, God, Jesus tells a story. And Jesus tells a story and he says, there was a Pharisee, a religious leader, who thought he had everything figured out. And so he said, God, thank you for not making me like sinners. Thank you that I fast twice a week. Thank you that I tithe. My life is good. I'm good. And then there was a sinner also praying. And he said, I can't even look up to heaven, God. I'm not worthy. Please give me mercy. Please help me. And here's what Jesus says in Luke 18. He says, I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What is, what is Jesus telling us here? He's saying that when you keep it real, God hears you. When you keep it real, the reality of God's kingdom is made aware in your life. You see it. But when we act like we've got everything together or we've got this or we don't need God, then, then we can become blinded. And God doesn't want that for our life. We've got to keep it real. That is why I love what Corey Tinboom says. She, her and her family uh, helped Jews during the Holocaust. They hid them from the Nazis. And she says this, the Lord longs to hear all of our concerns. Any concern too small to be turned into prayer is too small to be made into a burden. What is she saying? God wants to hear everything. He wants to know what's going on in your life. He wants you to be real. And when we do, God moves. And I want to say that for every single person that prayed for my daughter, I want to thank you also to the healthcare workers, all the people who provided care for my daughter. But I just believe this. Everyone who prayed for her, our prayers were answered because my daughter is at home right now. She is safe. She has no permanent damage that they know of. And I believe it's because you cried out to them. I cried out to God. I prayed that he would heal and that he would do things. And I was just real. And thank God he answered, is God not good? I mean, just put it in the chat right now, everybody. What do you need to keep real? Like say your prayer request right now. Say it to our staff. We wanna help you, but we gotta keep it real because when we do, the reality of God's kingdom is made aware to us in our lives. So come on, let's keep it real right now, people, in the chat, put it there. What do we need to pray for you about? Don't fake it, let's go. What are your struggles? What are you joyful about? And let's see what God will do when we keep it real. So when we keep it simple and we keep it real, 
Then we got to do this last one, which is we got to keep it up. We got to keep it up. And what do I mean by this? We got to be persistent. We got to keep going. We can't stop. Because I'm telling you, in this world, what they're trying to get us to do is when things get tough, when things don't go the way that we want, it's to run away. It's to give up or it's to blame someone or blame something else. And as a society, that's where a lot of people are. And what I'm telling you is, is that's not where God wants us in our lives or definitely in our prayer lives. He wants us to keep it up. See, in Luke 18, he actually starts with this story to tell us why keeping it up in our prayer life is so important. Here it is. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God or cared about people. A widow from that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm gonna see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? What is Jesus saying? He's saying, how many of us will he find on this earth who haven't given up? We kept it up. We kept our prayer lives up. See, many of you today, you're watching today, you became a follower of Jesus because there were people who prayed for you and never stopped praying for you so that you would see Jesus for who he was. Some of you, you were addicts with food, alcohol, drugs, fill in the blank, and there were people praying for you and maybe you prayed for yourself over and over and it's no longer an issue in your life because of those prayers. See, God wants us to keep it up and the enemy wants us to stop because he knows that if we stop praying, then he can stop our relationship from growing with God and he can stop the power of God moving in our lives. And so we've got to keep it up. The reason I also know this is right now, if you're watching online today, it's because of the prayers of people who pray for this church and prayed for this church 12 years ago. See, our pastor has told this story before, but he successfully, when he took over this church, brought this church from thousands of people down to 900 people, where we had to start laying people off, laying staff off. We also had to um, maybe only go to one service. There was lots of things going on, lots of thoughts happening, and it was not good. And so I remember this, and I remember gathering people at college. I was at college at the time, and I gathered people together, and I said, we got to pray for our church. We got to pray for this church because there's a vision to see people come to Christ and grow in Christ who are far away. And I believe that the church is the hope of the world, and so we need to pray for our church because it's struggling right now. And so there, me and my friends, we prayed. I know a lot of you watching online right now, you have prayed for that. You've been to this church. You've been at this church for a long time and you prayed for this church. And what I'm here to tell you today is God has answered your prayers because right now we have an online campus where I'm talking to all of you right now. Many people have come to Christ online, even in just the last few weeks. We've been able to help people by providing masks. We're gonna have a blood drive at our campuses coming up here. And it's solely because people never gave up praying. They kept it up. And what I'm here to tell you today is never stop. 
Is there a friend that you need to pray for that doesn't know who the Lord is, a family member? Keep it up. Is there a financial situation you're struggling with? Don't stop praying. Is there a family member who's sick? Keep it up. Is there a grief situation that has overcame in your life? You've lost a loved one and it's really hard. Keep praying. Don't stop. God's love will comfort you. Keep it up. If, is there a child you struggle with, with discipline issues and other things? Keep praying for that child. Keep it up. Do not stop. Because I promise you, God, here's be like the persistent widow. So I mean, right now in the chat, say, keep it up. Keep it up. I'm gonna keep it up. And the only way, I have a little side note with this one. The only way that we can keep it up in our prayer life is this, is if we create routines. We have to create routines. Jesus did. He had routines in the morning. He had routines in the middle of the day. He had routines in the middle of the night. Sometimes he withdrew in the middle of the afternoon. He found routines so that he could stay connected and so that he could communicate with his father because he realized the importance of it. And so you've got to connect and communicate with the Father by creating routines. And I'm not going to tell you what your routine looks like. You've got to decide. And it changes throughout seasons. But maybe it's when you're in the car driving to work and that's the best time for you to cry out to God and talk to God and communicate with God and pray with Him. Maybe it's in early in the morning before everybody gets up. Maybe it's at your lunch hour. Maybe it's in the evening so that you can reflect. Maybe it's multiple times throughout the day. But here's what I'm saying is you've got to create a routine so that you can keep it up because the enemy, I'm telling you, he's going to want to distract you and get you off base when it comes to your relationship with God and your prayer life, because he knows your prayer life is what grows that relationship. And so what I want us to think about as a church today is this, what would it look like if we didn't stop praying? Like if you stopped praying or you gave up on prayer or maybe you're a prayer warrior and you've been praying your whole life, whatever it is, what would it look like though if Emmanuel, all of us continued to pray, that we kept it simple, we kept it real and we also kept it up? What would God do? Look at what God's already doing in our community through our church. We're able to help people and love people. People's prayers have been answered. I know people who have been risen out from the grave of grief because of prayer. I know people that we've been able to help with groceries or financial situations because of your giving and because of people's prayers of, on that to change people's hearts and to move. I've seen God move in people's lives that I never thought would become followers of Jesus because of people's prayers. What would it look like? What mountains would God move through our lives if we prayed this way? And so today, Emmanuel, I wanna ask you this question as an action step. How will you keep it simple? How will you keep it real? And how will you keep it up? How will you help your prayers move? I just believe that God wants to do so much more through all of our lives. And it starts with prayer. And when God answers our prayers, guess what? then we can go and praise God just like I did with my daughter, Sophia. I was able to give glory to God and his name because of people's prayers. And so how will you do that this week? And let's not just make it this week. Let's, let's just keep going. We can, be, we can keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up and watch what God will do. I believe he will do things we've never seen possible because we got on our knees, we got away, we prayed in our cars 
and we just went to him. We communicated and we connected with him. But I know today that some of us watching, we've never communicated and connected with God. We've tried to do life on our own. And you're watching today and you're realizing that you can't do life on your own. You, you may survive, but you'll never thrive. And God wants us to thrive with an abundant life. And so how does that happen? Well, it starts with a prayer. It starts with communicating with God so that you can connect with him. And he made that possible through his son, Jesus, who came to this earth and lived a life that you and I couldn't. And not only did he live a life that we couldn't, but he sacrificed himself for us. And he went and he died on a cross and he lives. He rose from the grave to show us that he conquers sin and death. And all we have to do is come and say, God, I'm turning from my kingdom so that I can enter into your kingdom. And so today I wanna give everybody that opportunity who's watching online, wherever it's at, so that you can communicate and connect with God for the first time. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, you could say something like this to God, Lord, I've done life on my own. I've tried to follow my own path. And I'm sorry for that. I've made mistakes, I've sinned, but I realized that you came to this earth to sacrifice yourself for me, to live the way that I couldn't. And not only did you do that, but you rose from the grave so that you showed me that you conquered sin and death. And you showed me that your kingdom is better than my kingdom. So I'm putting my trust in that today. I'm praying to you for the first time. Forgive me, accept me, help me live this abundant life that you have for me. Not only in the life to come, but here right now on this earth, that I can have love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, God, right now, because of what your son did for me. Enter my life, enter my heart. I'm trusting in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And as a church, we want to clap for that, don't we, church? I mean, I'm telling you right now, that's the best decision you can ever make. You should be dancing if you're in your bed or in your kitchen, because I promise you, it's the best decision you can ever make. And as a church, we want to get you a gift. It's a saved box. And in this box, we've got a Bible, we've got a mug, we've got a reading Bible plan. And so we want you to text the word SAVED to 65248. That's right, the word SAVED to 65248. And we will mail this to you and get a Bible and a mug and a reading plan in your hands because you just made the greatest decision you can ever make. And we wanna help you along this journey. And so text the word SAVED to 65248 and we will mail this to you. Come on, can we give it up again, church? Come on, wherever you're at, it doesn't matter where you're at. Let's go. Life is good, God is good. And 
what I'm here to tell you, Emmanuel, is you do not want to miss this series because our pastor is going to be bringing it the next few weeks so that we can continue to up our prayer game so that our relationship with him grows. And I'm so excited to see what God will do.